0: On this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast, it's a very unbalanced and narrative game of Song of Blades and Heroes. Welcome back to the podcast, Robert. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be back. I always enjoy the, the games we get to play. That sounds hellish, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I always enjoy when we get together to do tabletop miniature wargaming.
1: Yeah, you know, dress it up how you like, but I'm here for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, we haven't played this game in a while. It's Song of Blades and Heroes. We usually play Rangers of Shadow Deep, but you'll be pleased to know there's a, a few different caveats here. Um, if you look on the table in front of us that I've set up, you'll see a few familiar faces. We've got Vinny. We've got now grandson of Goatsey. Uh, you'll see Russell Sprout. You'll see Grub. You'll see Fungus. You'll see uh, Gunther. We have Harold and Boris. And we've got a few new characters here. What I'm going to do, I'm going to get you to take charge of this defensive force that defend the village. They're heavily outnumbered. And out armed and it's it's basically an experiment and uh, well, not an experiment, it's an example of how you don't really need balance because uh, you probably will lose this or you know, you'll you'll certainly suffer the most casualties, but I think there's a narrative aspect to something like this. Like hmm. it's not a game of chess, is it? It's it's storytelling in a lot of sense. So it's it's just seeing like, you know, how well you could defend and some of the wee good moments you might be able to get out of it. Yeah so uh, some new characters as well lining up here let me talk you through them we've got some of these kids who have uh, featured irregularly in our games before so we have we've got Adam with his apple uh, and that's going to count as a range weapon uh Stew Pot is the kid with a, the pot on his head we have Rick with his big hard stick you knew I was going to say stick there didn't you? I hoped and uh, this guy here this big stone rocky guy his name literally is rocky <laughs> uh, clear with the bears there see this wee guy he's, he's like a crow he's oh. a crow with like a bonnet and a waistcoat and a dagger i've called him beaky blinder
1: oh that's I, yeah i tried to think what i might call him and all of those dreams are in ashes because that's the winner
0: uh, we have the wee guy with the fists here, whether that a bare knuckle Bob. I couldn't really think of anything uh, humorous for for him. The jester though, I've called him Baffies. What of course. Of that uh, the kid with the ball, Paul with the ball, and on the on the flank here we have Doug, because he's a well, he's a wolf, but we'll, we'll call him a big dog. Wolves and dogs, you know. Yeah. Same thing, really. So we have. That force lined up protecting a village. We've got a uh, couple of houses there behind them. We've got a well and uh, a couple of... What would you call these? Like, it's a 2D terrain. It's sort of like dugouts or bunkers, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, what are they? They just, like... They don't go anywhere when you go down into them. They're no, just I see them as, like... trenches.
0: Yeah, they've kind of dug them because they could then get behind them and... and uh, well, shoot or or fire magic or stuff like that. So if you look at the way like I've set you up, and feel free to move it around if you want, but like we've got Vinny on one flank and we've got Doug on the other, so that's a bit of mobility. Uh, and then beside them both, grandson of Goatsy and Boris, who are pretty similar, although grandson of Goatsy will, of course, die because that's just his lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the bunker here, Adam with his apple and... Russell Sprout, they one of them is a, is able to use a range weapon with his apples. He's going to throw them. Mm-hmm. Russell Sprout's a magic user, so he could he could, you know, he's he's essentially a range character mm. as well. Same over here behind that bunker, Jester's the uh, Baffy's the Jester. Sorry, Jester's Baffy's. Uh, he's going to have the capability to do magic, whereas Paul's going to be able to kick his ball and use that as a range weapon. In the center here. Right at the front, Gunter and Rocky, that's a bit of a really heavy muscle for you, you know, if you want to try and get weighted in early. Yeah. Uh, beside them as well, we have um, the two leaders, Harold and Grubb, and they are backed up by Stupot and Beaky Blinder, respectively. Um, behind them there as well, we've got a bit more range. Maybe, in fact, you will want to get them forward, these guys here. We've got Orla, remember her from Blood Moon. Oh yeah. Uh, Rick with the big stick and Claire with the bear. They're two magic users plus an archer. Uh, so I maybe you will want to get them forward a wee bit to try and get a couple of early shots away. Uh, and at the back there, Fungus, no real skills at all. Although he can poison, you know, if, if he was to win a fight, which he won't, he could poison his opponent. And uh, Bear Knuckle Bob as well, he, you know, not really much chance for him to do any damage, but this is the purpose of that it's it's you know sometimes you will get those wee narrative moments and we'll just kind of see what happens with it
1: oh i mean we could go with the classic archery tactics of having them up front fire their shots and then bolt yeah so to aye. speak and, you know yeah, back quite off literally.
0: <laughs> so on my side what we've got over here an invading force a chaos force led by this big huge guy here Aemon the Damon. Nice. And uh, he's basically invincible. But again, because this is a narrative game, I'm not just going to get waded in with him. Because I could essentially just play him and probably win. So I'm not going to utilise him too early. Uh, Beside him here, we've got uh, a wee mob of Chaos Marauders. So they're just your sort of frenzied Raj boys that Mm -hmm. want to get torn in. In the woods over here, a bunch of beastmen. I suppose it'd be a herd of beastmen. That'd be the collective noun, wouldn't it? Right. And uh, over on the, the left flank, looking forward, he a, a gang of chaos warriors as well. So, you know, obviously, like, there's a lot more. But you, you've got individually, barra a name in the daemon, you've got individually the most powerful characters. I'd say, like, it's sort of a 9-9 nine, nine split or an 8-8 eight, eight split. I can't... How many... How many characters are actually there? Uh, 19? Uh, 19
1: on this side, yeah, on yeah. my side.
0: Aye, so it's sort of... I know you can't get 50-50, but almost a half split on, like, capable characters and not-so-capable characters. All right, aye. So I was thinking, as a as a victory condition, we could just see what the time frame of the game is looking like as we get playing it, and... If I was to kill over half your your characters, that would sort of be considered a victory for me, whereas if you were able to keep over half of your characters on the table, I would say that that's pretty much a victory for you. You know, we could... You can frame these narrative things in all sorts of ways, can't you? Like, there's reinforcements, and it's just a case of holding out until they arrive, etc., etc.
1: Under siege.
0: So, aye, uh, looking forward to returning to this game. I've spoke about it on the show a lot. It's a... Uh, We've played through it as well. Um it's, it's definitely not as complex, not that Rangers of Shadow is complex at all, but it's a it's a really simple game. Um but I, I have been itching to kind of play it again for a while because it's just a nice, easy going game as well. Like you don't really have to think at all about the game, you're just thinking about what you're doing on the table. So yeah. do you remember playing it before?
1: Yeah, definitely a wee while ago now but yeah absolutely
0: I think it was literally the first game we played for the podcast yeah so
1: I've still got my copy of the book yeah which I have not looked at
0: That's recently in your bathroom you sit <laughs> in the toilet with it
1: yeah
0: Um. okay then it's time to dive in I suppose and uh, maybe do a wee half time report and see how we're getting on
1: yeah for sure as Rick Sanchez once said I'm ready to roll those dice
0: so Robert, the sun shines, uh, streams, I should say, through the window, but it doesn't stream or shine for your dice rolling, does it? Jesus Christ!
1: Funnily enough, the angle right now, of the sun is that it is bathing all of your models in sunlight, and mine are in the dark, and yeah. that could not, that could not be a better metaphor for how the rolls have gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've uh, seen few instances like it. Like I, I just can't, I can't not roll fives and sixes, and you basically can't roll above two. Yeah, Uh, You've had a few opportunities. So just to describe to the listener what's happening the now, my right flank, which is the Beastmen and the Marauders to an extent, have um, broke through your lines. They have knocked over Doug. They've knocked over Boris. Uh, You've even tried to activate them to get them back on their feet, but that that wasn't happening, was it, naturally?
1: Yeah, like I reckon... Easily eighty, ninety percent of my roles have either, either failed or, yeah. In fact, a hundred percent of my roles have either failed or led to not winning a fight, basically.
0: So your one wee moment of success, I think your only, your single only moment of success was Paul with the Paul. He kicked his wee football right off a beastman's head and knocked him over. So that beastman's still lying there. and uh, but you've you know you've subsequently like Harold's had a shot at him with his crossbow. The beastman's literally lying in front of him, but he's still not managed to do any damage, has he?
1: I have temporarily inconvenienced one of your models, and that's all I've managed out of 19 models in two rounds.
0: Mind you, we say that, I'm forgetting, I'm looking there at uh, the big marauder with the banner, Orla knocked him over as well. Oh, that's so, right, aye, yeah. So currently picking a, an arrow out of his bum cheek, I'd imagine,
1: yeah, I mean, I will say he's literally got five of his pals right behind him, so it's not like he's down on the ground and going to get picked off and, like, you know, he, he'll be okay.
0: Yeah, he probably will be. Um, I have also made a couple of advancements with my Chaos Warriors on the left flank, and you... I've had Grub and a couple of the... Well, Russell Sprout, trying to do his magic. That's been absolutely shite. Uh, Grub, despite having a good bonus there, he, he took a shot at one of the marauders. So you had a plus one for the good shot modifier, and I had minus one because you you, you rolled two, you activated twice, so you were doing a aimed attack. Yeah. So even though I went to minus one and you went to plus two you still didn't do anything so it's just it just sums up how it's sort of going for you so far doesn't it
1: that's right yeah you can have all the pressure in the game you know in football and then you get a penalty but you can't actually put it in the net then you know what's it all about
0: I mean I'll say one thing nobody has died yet but this this is a classic um, quirk of this game is that death <laughs> models die and it's 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 not common like yeah People get knocked over and pushed a lot, but to actually kill someone takes a takes a bit of something special. So that's a positive for you. You've not actually lost anyone yet.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's just some of them have not even moved yet because they've failed to activate both times. So it's like they're dead, but they standing make, up might come to life. Yeah, aye. Because like you've got, a, it's not like they have health as such that can be worn down over time. It's all or nothing in the in the actual incidents of the battle. So. We'll see, maybe once they actually come together, which is going to be very soon, and actually meet face-to-face and then start ganging up for bonuses, that's when we're going to actually see people dying.
0: Yeah, well, it's going on to my turn now, so I'm fairly certain there'll be uh, some bloodshed coming up, and uh, I don't think it'll be coming from any of my guys.
1: Yeah, well, as someone who knows a little bit about statistics... I'm really optimistic that it's going to go the other way now because it absolutely has to
0: <laughs> or these dice are loaded
1: or that yeah
0: uh, if we swapped our dice right now that it would just continue
1: yeah like if you're in the wrong lane and all the traffic in the other lanes moving and eventually you're like I'm going to go in that lane and then of course that lane stops and the lane you were in starts to move so no no I'll stick with my dice
0: so Robert how how are things going for you now?
1: There were a couple of successes when we first went back to it for the second half um, Quickly outweighed by a, a massive run of bad luck Again, it's really been quite incredible um, But, you know, that that's how it works That's chance for you And luck, um, it's not going to be even all the time You know, like, you're going to have stretches of what looks like uh, uh, Almost incredible bad luck And that's exactly what's happened um, which has been interesting to see and in- interesting to see how the rules can play out, like gruesome deaths making people run off the map and stuff like that. Uh, it's almost certainly insurmountable now for my guys to do anything here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was always going to be, but I didn't quite expect you to roll as badly and me to roll as well as what's happened. Like, it has been totally night and day with the dice. Um. Yeah, interesting. You you talked about running off the table. So what I'm noticing and I've noticed this before on Song of Blades and Heroes, and I've mentioned it before today, is it's actually very hard to kill someone just yeah. you know that when we're both like standing up and fighting. So what you really need to do if you want to kill someone is to knock them over, which is a lot easier than, than killing them, and then it's on that follow up. And I suppose that you know that's probably not that I've ever been in a in a battle of this this uh, style or indeed any battle in my life. But you know, I'd imagine like on the on the killing fields, it's like knock knock the guy over, give them a stab. It probably is more that than just this one big killing blow. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what you need to do to to kill folks. And then one of the other things that I didn't really consider it when setting up the table, but I had a lot of. I mean, I've got a lot of guys going down the flank, so a lot of beastmen, or had a lot of beastmen on the right-hand side, and what happened there, one of them had been knocked over, and then I think Harold shot him, and because he scored so high, he scored a gruesome kill, the guy, I think, because you're lying on the ground anyway, it is a gruesome kill, so there was a morale check had to take place amongst these beastmen, and like three of them, because they were right next to the table, they ran off the table and that was it, Um so, you know, on the other side as well, we've got uh, the Chaos Warriors going in there, uh, and a similar thing had happened with a gruesome kill, and Vinny, the vulture, just flew away. He'd had enough. And then one happened in the middle too, so you actually nearly lost Count Gunther, but because he's only a short move, that that prevented him from running away, basically. So... Um, your wee assassin, Beaky Blinder, he uh, he killed someone, and he's got the because he's got that assassin trait, he only has to win by one to kill somebody. But then he's also got the the greedy trait, which means he stays and loots the corpse afterwards. Yeah, um, but because he then failed his uh, morale when that gruesome kill happened, he ran away. So at least he's free to do what he wants to do now. But aye, it's gone. It's gone pretty badly for you. That said, there's um. Four or five of my guys off the table. You have lost uh, Fungus. He got killed. Doug got killed. Claire with the bear got killed. And no surprise to anyone. Grandson of Goatsy, uh, just like his dad, just like his granddad, he's uh, pushing up the daisies now. So the Goatsy family continues to curse us every time we put one of the offspring on the table, doesn't he?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it's funny how the game is set up in such a way that it only takes a couple of the die to a to align themselves in such a way that leads to a massive problem. Like, I think you've lost more people to running off the board than you have to actually dying in combat, for instance.
0: Yeah, definitely, I I and mean, it's, like I say, it's it, it's hard to kill someone. You need to knock them down and follow up, really. Yeah. Whereas um,
1: the, the quality role for whether or not your your model runs in fear? If you've got three failures, which is easy, say you've got three trolls or whatever, and they've got a quality of four, so it's quite, you know, it's, two you know 66 percent chance they're gonna fail mm-hmm. three times yeah and suddenly they're vaulting across the map and away yeah so that's really you know i'm glad rocky my big man there i'm glad he's in the middle of the map because if he craps it and runs he's gone
0: yeah i that said i wonder this is minutia, but because he's got the slow trait he could only move once uh, per if activation I'm... so I wonder if there's a thing there where even if he failed three times he couldn't actually physically make it to the edge of the table in that time yeah uh, that would
1: make sense because like if I use all my actions and then you scare me and then suddenly I've got another three actions to run away
0: yeah it doesn't make any sense does it yeah and th- th- there have been a couple of wee times where we've overruled some of them as well because again this is narrative it's not about me winning which I will um, it's you know, it's it's more the story. It's more how could these guys hold out? So there were a couple of wee mistakes and stuff. Where if this was a tournament, eh, then I'd have just said, no, I'm having that. Whereas that's not why we're doing this, is it? So
1: yeah, but it's like the Battle of Thermopylae or the you know uh, the Alamo, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna lose this, but we're gonna play it out. And it's like, oh, wait, 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 why have my guys all got feather dusters? It's like, okay, we're gonna lose, but for goodness sake.
0: I have still not, uh, I mean, I I have moved Damon the daemon, but he's not done anything yet. Um, Laugh, maybe? Yeah, he's been been laughing. Uh, I noticed that when the guys around him on my side had to take morale checks, they all passed it, and that's probably because he's just standing behind them and he's so terrifying that... uh, They're not worried. Yeah, so, aye, let's get back to it then and finish it off. Our question of the month for March 2024 is what hobby related thing have you recently changed your mind about? It could be to do with anything from collecting building or painting to mechanics rule sets or content I'd love to hear about a recent hobby U-turn in your life and you could record your audio feedback to be played on a future episode by heading to bedroombattlefields.com voicemail that's bedroombattlefields.com voicemail and now, back to the show.
1: I've still got optimism.
0: So that's that then. We've decided to call it a day, haven't we? How did it How did it pan out in the end?
1: A overwhelming defeat for me. Um, a couple of successes where a gruesome kill sent a couple of you guys off the board again. Um, but even my successes in at least activating and then getting up there and then knocking a guy down and then getting a friend to come in Ended in defeat just because the rolls just weren't there. Like, I would roll for the killing blow a two, you roll a four, and then that was it.
0: Aye, there was an interesting wee bit at the end there. Like, the couple of kids that were fighting the beastmen and they managed to team up on him, knock him over. Orla stepped in and shot him eh, because he's lying down. It's a gruesome kill, and that was like two or three beastmen fled. So you removed... He actually removed ten of my guys for the table, which is, like... Your rolling was so bad that that's actually pretty decent that you've managed to do that. Yeah. And then there was like, there was a chance to to really clear things up because you'd managed to, like big Rocky. He's a big guy, made the rock, and he he genuinely must have been knocked down three about, times, three at least. or four times. Yeah. So he's back on his feet again. Actually gets to make his first attack. uh knocks a beastman down. Harold steps up to give him a hand. So at that point, he's he's. It's so weighted in his favour. If he just kills that beastman, there's a whole group of marauders around him that would have to do morale checks and you could potentially have them off the table. And suddenly, like, it's... I mean, you're still not going to win, but it would have been, like, really clear at that point. Yeah. Uh, almost nobody on the on my right flank at all. But you fail it and then, you know, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Like, that That was that was the chance, wasn't it? So.
1: And even then, I was like, well, look, I've still got a chance here with... Um beaky blinder i rolled three die which is pretty bold and thought right come on if i can at least just get this guy killed because he's got this the assassin then everybody will bolt then because I, all, all i had to do was win to
0: yeah one by one point
1: yeah to kill him and then yeah two failures 50 50 chance right for each die and i still had two failures and then but i still had one success so I was still able to ha- have an attack i, I lost that and I actually died myself which then caused <laughs> gruesome death for everybody else. Aye, you, was you, you got 10 overall and I got like four. Yeah. So even with me throwing everything into that last roll, I still ended up like you, you had two and a half times the score by just defending and it's like that. that's it. There, a lot of this is um, the way the game is set up is there's a lot of all or nothings in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of risk of ending your turn prematurely just for the sake of you rolling two die, hoping to get an extra plus one to an attack. So I'm really starting to see that the the way to win this game, if you were just boring about it, would be to risk very little.
0: Aye, one roll all the time for quality. Yeah, you're... and and ganging up like if you if you want to, and and probably as well you're relying on like yeah ganging up and and getting people to flee off the table as well.
1: Yeah, the 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 risk versus reward from the things that you do. Are like it's really stacked against you. See, so I think you really have to hope that the other person goes big and then subsequently goes home.
0: Final thoughts: We play Rangers of Shadow Deep a lot. What? How would you compare the two? I mean, they're very, very different games. But like, is there anything that stands out to you that Shadow Deep doesn't have, or vice versa?
1: Yeah, definitely the the way that you wear people down in rangers of shadow deep and then can kill them it it is i guess it's much more aligned to every other experience i've had in gaming whereas this it's all like you can't really kill them unless it's a very specific scenario like either really weighted in in the dice rolls or you've ganged up and there's three of them which is possibly more realistic to to real life if you like but i think that means you've got fewer strategies that you can employ Whereas you've got a bit more freedom and a bit more artistic license in range as of Shadow because you do have health and you might go big but then not quite die from it but then your health has gone from 10 to 3 so then you're a lot more cautious for the rest of the game whereas it's on the flip of a coin all the time no matter what for for these characters.
0: Yeah, it's like the trade-off of the no-book Like If you're keeping track of health on the one hand that mm. is a pain and it's something you can lapse and get wrong or forget uh, or get muddled up about the trade off and not having that here as it then becomes like it's almost like you're starting afresh every turn like I know you you knock people down and that's an advantage but um,
1: for me I don't think the the, you know the gain that you get from having less admin in this is worth it because I I do have to keep track of who's moved and all that. So if I'm already doing that anyway, then it's not much more for me to then keep track of their health.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point, yeah.
1: I sound very bitter because I got absolutely trounced, but <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I think um, it was uh, it was extreme dice rolling. Like I, I've never rolled as well as that and I doubt you've rolled as badly as that before. And even then, you still did remove more models for the table than I did to you. So I guess that's a sort of victory on your part.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting to see how that then pans out. I bet if you did simulations with, um, you know, computer simulations that worked on averages, I wonder how different it would look. Probably not that different. Um, You know, like, on average, who would win more often or whatever. It would be interesting to see how that played out.
0: Anything you would have done differently in the deployment or just the general tactics?
1: Yeah, uh, the roll
0: more sexes.
1: Stuff that would basically exploit the way the rules are set out, where the faster moving ones I would probably have more in the middle so they don't leave the table. I'd probably have put Beaky blinder on the on the flank more because all he would have to do is rush up to someone, and get a win, and then suddenly all your guys that are on the edge are scattered and off the table. but that that kind of feels like an exploit that you would do in a video game, you know, like in Golden Axe when you deliberately get the skeletons to walk off. And walk off the platform I and fall that. down. Yeah, Yeah, but that's that's not really what the game's meant to be.
0: No, no, it's aye, It's not a game of chess, that's the thing.
1: Other than that, just having people walk around in packs like gangs, yeah. which I guess is more realistic.
0: Yeah, aye, definitely. Um,
1: this isn't really Star Wars, you know, with the two Jedi having a, a, a fencing match. This is just sticking together as an army and killing folk.
0: Cool. Well, that's about all there is to say, I guess, unless I, I've overlooked anything or...
1: You're, oh, your big man never had to lift a finger.
0: No, no, he was just very much a spectator, wasn't he? I've I've still got four Chaos yeah. Warriors on the hill there. Just They were just watching too. They had literally had the popcorn out, so...
1: Doing nothing. They're probably playing The Sims or something, you know. Like yeah. We're playing a fantasy game. They're playing uh, Modern Civilization.
0: So, um... Aye, props to your survivors Adam with the apple who is lying down but he survived uh, Russell Sprout Stewpot, Pot, Rick with the stick uh, Rocky, he's standing as well which is uncommon Harold, Orla Gunter uh, Paul with the ball and bare knuckle Bob that's, that's yeah. not bad, that's, so how many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. So I did say, um, if I got nine, yeah, nine dead. Uh, so you've, I've not managed that. So to be honest, heavens, probably the moral victory for you, even <laughs> though it was a disaster and probably no fun to play.
1: It was hard going, like just like come on, and it's so frustrating as well when it's like it's just pure chance, it's just rolls. You can't account for that, you know. Um, the one thing I would say about this game is that. You've got your Rocky there with the quality four and the combat of four. That extra one in combat that he gets is absolutely, it's it's almost useless because that quality four just outweighs it completely. Yeah. Because you're never going to roll two die because, you, you, you know, you're going to hand the dice over to your the, the other person. You're going to hand the turn over. And that plus one in combat is like almost useless compared to, the fact that you only ever activate once, you'll be lucky if you get a swing. He spent more time getting up. I think he only attacked once. And same with Russell Sprout, what's his combat? It was like one or zero? I think zero. it's one. I
0: think and, it's one.
1: And his quality was four? Three. Well, oh, it's three. So yeah, but him being a magic user, but, but that's just basically ranged. He's like Orla, but instead of a written combat four, he's combat one. So he was useless, basically because um, even if he did succeed in in activating combat one, and I'm hoping you're rolling like a two or a one, which I don't think he ever did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
0: Aye. I got that hat trick of ones, but then, <laughs> then I thought that was that was funny. But then you followed up. I think you maybe rolled six ones in a row, which is just five impossible. ones in a row. I
1: think it was yeah, not all in the one roll, but like one after the other. Yeah. So yeah, any anything you could do badly, I can do worse. The big wow.
0: guy, interestingly, just looking at his stats, he never got involved. But quality too, so you almost can't fail to activate him. Good he's creep. long move, so he could get anywhere. Like, he's not going He's probably not going to fail any activation. So you'll have three. He could be anywhere in one turn. And I think even to fight him, you need to pass a morale test, you know, because you just want to run away instead. And then he'll get a free hit on you and he'll win. Right. So, he wasn't involved at all. He was just, he was there. He was there for moral support, but yeah. unbeatable, basically.
1: The quality does seem to be much more important than the combat, almost. Like, yeah, I'd, I would agree. I'd rather have a combat two than a a quality two than a combat four.
0: And it's funny that because it's one. Like, you look at when you get combat four instead of three, you think, "Oh, it's just one." But when you're looking at quality three versus quality four, it's just one as well. But that seems a lot more intimidating.
1: Yeah, because you're, you're risking losing the turns of up to 18 of your other models.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, no, 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 no. Whereas if quality two, you'd be like, right, I'm rolling all three dice. I can almost certainly not lose and then stomp everybody.
0: Ah, well, back to back to the Shadow Deep next time around, I guess. And uh, what will it be now? Just thinking of Goatsy. So Goatsy's dead son of goats he's dead, grandson of goats he's dead great great grandson of goats hey, are we going to bring him in for his death great say, great say. yeah definitely <laughs> good stuff well thanks very much Robert I know it wasn't much fun for you but uh, oh, that,
1: that was, was good stuff. Was fun enough for me so. <laughs> well I remember this, you you had the, the big rocky t- uh, chap once and it was the same for you, he did bugger all because he was just getting up all the time so you know, turnabout's fair play
0: Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast and you'll find pictures of the game we played today over at the website bedroombattlefields.com.